Right. Good evening, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight here for at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. As we start a new Bible study tonight, a new from a new book uh, entitled "Effortless Change" by Andrew Womack, the same author as our last book. And well, we'll be studying this one tonight. All of our previous Bible studies, as well as the Sunday morning services, they're all archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me, as well as our YouTube channel at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Uh, and you can also support our ministry financially if you like and we, uh, on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. And we thank you for those who have. Uh, and so we can continue to bring this worldwide. And so as we're starting a new Bible study tonight, just so you know, all of the Bible studies will be archived on our website as well as our YouTube channel, as I just mentioned. And so these Bible studies go around worldwide. We have over 45, almost 4,500 followers, <coughs> excuse me, on YouTube alone. And so, uh, I mean, we get people from Pakistan to uh, Nigeria, uh, different places in Africa, uh, different, uh, different places in the Middle East, India. Uh, Asia, India. 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 Uh, we get some in Mexico as well as other Latin American countries, uh, not a lot of Europe, but we, we've had some, uh, anyway, but anyway, at least that we know of, and so, uh, anyway, uh, thank you for joining us tonight, this Bible study, uh, is more, uh, my, uh, it's a favorite one of my teaching, it's one of my favorite teachings of Andrew, it's talking about being in the Word of God a lot, in the parable of the sower, and anyway, I, I'm not going to steal his thunder, uh, yet, uh, what, what we're going to do is we'll read the introduction, uh, to this book, and then we'll uh, we'll get into chapter one. Chapter one's entitled "It Begins on the Inside," and so that's where we'll, uh, chapter one will be. But we're, we're going to read the introduction. It's two pages long, and uh, we'll read that. Uh, I I always like to read the introduction to the book because that's part of the book too. The author is setting the stage for his heart, uh, what he wants to get across uh, in this book in this teaching. So I want to hear Andrew's uh, heart. Uh, where he wants to go with this, and, and so and then we'll Sherry will narrate for us, and then we'll talk about it, and then we'll go from there. So Sherry, when once you're ready, let's uh, let's go. Okay. Just so you know, we're live here. My computer's just being slow. All right. Here's the introduction to effortless change. Effortless change. It sounds impossible, yet that's what the word reveals about how the kingdom of God works. Most people view change as a difficult, painful, and labor-intensive <coughs> process. To their way of thinking, it takes a huge amount of effort to change their thoughts, actions, and circumstances. Due to this, change is something they resist. It's hard to change routines, traditions, and long-standing problems. People get stuck in ruts, ways of thinking and doing. Therefore, there's just a natural resistance toward change. In this book, I want to share with you some truths from the Word of God that can totally transform the way you understand and approach change. If you receive these truths into your heart and apply them to your life, you'll be able to see change take place in your life effortlessly. While many people don't recognize their need to change, others are very aware and have a strong desire to change. If you're sick, you probably desire to walk in health. If you're in poverty, it's likely that you want to experience more of God's financial provision. You may realize that you would like certain changes in your life externally. However, 
All true change begins internally. It starts with what's on the inside of you. On January 31st, 2002, the Lord spoke to me in a personal and powerful way. He told me that I had been limiting what he wanted to do in and through my life because of my small thinking. Though this word literally shook my world, so I spent about a week or so really meditating on this until it became a revelation in my life. Then I called my staff together and told them what God had convicted me of, saying, I don't know how long it will take to change the image that's inside me. It may take a week, a month, a year, five years, I don't know, but I am going to change and we will start seeing increase. I remember that within one week, things started happening so quickly that it just amazed me. Before I even had time to write a letter, send it to our mailing list and receive a response, which normally takes at least three months, we saw a huge financial increase. All that had changed was inside me, my attitude, thoughts, and expectations. Other than that, we weren't doing anything differently, yet we immediately set records we, we immediately set records three months in a row in receipts from people. This was before my letter on this subject went out, before the people had a chance to even hear what God had said to me and respond. When I changed on the inside, immediately everything in my life began to change on the outside. This example is just one of many I have personally experienced. External change began to manifest on the outside when I started to change the way I thought on the inside. If you want to see ch change outwardly, it has to begin on the inside. That's what this book is all about. How to start changing on the inside. If you can change the way you think, the way you are on the inside, then you'll see a change on the outside, effortlessly. Alright, so again, welcome to our Bible study here on Effortless Change. We just finished reading the introduction, and what I'm getting from Andrew so far is that now we all experience changes, and sometimes even good change, we all dread it. Sometimes, we, some of us, most of us don't, uh, don't receive, don't, don't accept change favorably. Most of us don't like change. We like to do it the same way we've always done it, uh, unless it's uh, unless it's a good change. But even then, we some of us are a little nervous for change. Uh, once you know, uh, uh, there's all kinds of changes. We are there's. Cha I mean, we were you know we were children, and then we were teenagers, and then we became young adults. We changed schools. We changed from high school. I mean, grade school to high school. I mean, even from grade school to junior high was a change for me. Having one teacher all day to having six or seven different teachers in one day. And then we went to college. You know, we got married. Got a, got a job. Sometimes we moved. And some people have children. And then grandchildren. You know, uh, and then you have somewhere in there you have empty nests sometimes. There's changes. Retirement. You know, and then, then there's even some things beyond that sometimes. We don't always like change. Some of these changes are beautiful. Even having a child, you know, we we we're getting a puppy pretty soon, uh, in, a, in about a month. There can be some changes, you know. Uh, we're gonna we don't we we're doing some things we want the, the the puppy to do and not do, but having you know training is a process. You don't just train a child or a puppy or anything overnight. You, there, there's a there's a process, and so uh, you know and so. Uh, uh, Anyway, there's change. 
But you can't, one thing Andrew's saying, you can't change on the outside until you first make a change on the inside. You know, um, there's two people I know besides myself, and I know there's others, but two people are using example. They're visionaries. Andrew's a visionary. Uh, Andrew, he's built some properties for the ministry. And he's seen the building function on the outside before, on the inside before he ever saw it function on the outside. You know, Walt Disney, when he built Walt Disney World, he saw it. He had a vision what it was going to look like. He actually passed away before they had the grand opening. And his, uh, his wife was, but his wife was there. And I forget who it was, but it says, Poor Walt Disney, he, he, he wasn't here to see, see, see this day when they were going to uh, have the official opening of Walt Disney World. And his wife corrected that person and said, no, Walt Disney did see this day. He already saw it on the inside. He saw it on the inside before he ever saw it on the outside. And that just one example, but change. And, and change starts, <coughs> starts from the inside. It starts from a seed, and we'll get into that a little bit later. You know, uh, and, and there's all kinds of changes. Some of us need change physically. You've had the sickness for a while. It needs to go, or whatever the case may be. You know, some, uh, some, there's some things people need. You need some changes financially so you can live differently. You can do what God's called you to do. You can be what God's called you to be. There's some changes sometimes we need in our lives. Sometimes we need our changes in our relationships and, 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 and whatnot. Some relationships need the end. Some relationships need to start. <coughs> so there's some changes that we all need to face. There's some changes going on in our world right now, uh, in our country, in, uh, in our states, and in, in local governments. Some of it's not so good. Some of it uh, needs some changes that have already taken place need to be changed again and uh, for the better. But there's changes all around us, and there's changes that there's some changes that we don't we we have limited control over i can't control how other people think i can't control how other people live i can't control how other people treat me i can't control how all the things going on in our world but i can change me by the grace of god i can change me and uh god i can let, allow god his word to change me and there's some behaviors through the years there's been attitudes and behaviors of mine i've wanted to change but it starts with the inside. It starts on the inside so I can see it change on the outside. Andrew just shared how uh, some his own testimony, how God began to get him to change his way of thinking. And he thought it might take, it could possibly take weeks, months, and years. Well, some of it started changing almost instantly. But he had to, where, where did it start? He had to get the vision on the inside. Then he shared it with the staff. They had to get it on the inside. They started changing some things, but things started beginning to change effortlessly. <coughs> and they changed the image on the inside. Anyway, this is just the introduction of this. Anything you want to add on to what just, we just shared so far? You know, when Dave spoke on, on Andrew being a visionary, because Andrew is such a good example of that. You know, he he is one person that we know of um, and have heard many of his testimonies of how he he, he sees things uh, in the supernatural by what God has downloaded in him. And then uh, when things are in the process, uh, for example, a part of the, the Bible college and the, the building of the, the ministry headquarters, 
you know, he had had shared a story of, of how in the, the middle of them building, um, he would, you know, have the hard hat on going around. Um, but wherever there was going to be a door or a wall, instead of, you know, this empty building that's still under construction and you can, you know, walk whenever, wherever you are because there's no walls now uh, at this point in the game, but he would know exactly where those walls are, exactly where the doorways would be, and he would only walk where the doorway would be, and people would be like, Andrew, why? I mean, you, you don't have to do that. There's no walls yet. And he's like, no, this is what I've seen. And then people would understand when, you know, the, all the building was done and people were excited. Oh, my gosh, this is a great building. He wasn't on the outside seeming to be joyful and they would get on him and it's because he already saw it on the inside of him he didn't have to be excited when it was actually there because God had already showed him this is what it's going to be like so he in a sense had already lived the change and I, I get you know we're we're kind of sounding like we're talking about two different things we're talking about having a vision of something versus change like on the inside but we're just using it as an example of what God downloads you Andrew uh, said revelation in the introduction you know with, with us there's been many times where God would speak to either Dave or I and we're meditating on it and we may or may not talk to the other person sometimes we wait to see if God talks to them as well because um, we, we want to see if this is a God thing and God consistently will speak to one of us and then speak to the other one us, of us and we're on the same page with God. You know, we hadn't had plans to, in a, in a, for a, this is an example for a physical change, we hadn't had plans to move from our previous home uh, that we'd been in five or six years but for over a year, God was downloading that there's going to be change coming. And, of course, we were seeking God. What does that mean? Are we to look at our jobs different? Are we to look at the ministry different? You know, what exactly would, was that change that, that God was downloading in us? And when we did uh, get the idea to, to move um, to where we are presently are now, we knew it was totally God because God had been preparing us. And, you know, in my own life, I don't like change. I like being settled in whatever I am. Um, and I, I just, I'm a lot slower than Dave as far as processing something and getting ready for that change. But but this was a unique experience for, for, for moving. God had totally prepared me. Um you know, and 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 I so concur and agree with Andrew when he, he's he's really wanting us all to get God's word in us, whether it be this physical word or God speaking to our hearts, to our spirits about something. It's it's a word from God that He really wants us to get in us because God, through His Holy Spirit, through His Word, changes us into who we need to be whether it be getting the kingdom of God that's on the inside of us out, whether it be 
if we need healing, if we need something financial, it all starts with that seed. That was a good word that, that Dave said, that seed, that word from God that's planted on the inside of us. We meditate and we pray over it and we speak to God and we do a lot of things so that seed can grow. And that's why we're, we're big on um, uh, renewing our mind. I'm sorry that the verse went somewhere in my brain. <laughs> but the verse that we constantly quote about renewing our minds, we need to do that. And that's one way, and I'm sure we'll get into it in Andrew's study, about how we can get this, this change to happen. Okay, well, let's get into chapter one, uh, which is entitled, It Begins on the Inside. The Word of God clearly reveals that as you think in your heart, in your heart so are you. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. If you can't, or should I say won't, change on the inside, then you aren't going to see change on the outside. You can pray, beg God, and get other people to intercede for you all you want. They could even lay hands on you until they rub all the hair off the top of your head. But you aren't going to see change in your life externally until you change internally. Many people say, but I do desire to change. I've done everything I know, yet it seems like things are just continually the same. God's word is true. As you think in your heart, so are you. Proverbs 23, 7. This is a law of God. Romans 8, 6 confirms this truth, revealing that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Before you take offense at my words, resenting and disagreeing with what I'm sharing, consider this truth. Of course, everyone has a bump in the road now and again, whether they're walking with the Lord or not. We live in a fallen world, and we have an enemy that comes against us. Not every single problem is a direct result of something flawed on the inside of us. However, if your overall life is spiraling downward, if nothing ever works and problems are all you seem to experience, then you should stop and consider that perhaps your inner man may need some work. Okay. Um. I don't have a lot to comment here. I mean, I could. I just wanted to uh, get a little more meat on the bones here. But, uh, you know, uh, it is, I, I feel like just reiterating some things we've already said. You know, it's, uh, with this verse, as a man thinketh, so is he. You know, it's important what we think. Um, you know, what you think is very important. You know, I had an illustration. I did. I taught on this a couple of years ago. Uh, and uh, where we need to sometimes guard in our mind. Our mind uh, is, you know, those were those are where the thoughts come in. Those are, and I, I take I take thoughts as seed. You know, God can uh, sow a thought in your mind through His Word, through the Holy Spirit, through prayer. The enemy can also uh, sow a thought in your a thought in your mind of. Maybe it's revenge, or maybe uh, uh, a depressing thought. I'm no good, I'm a failure type of thought. It's never going to change type of thought. You know, uh, family and friends can sow thoughts. They can encourage you, they can discourage you. Uh, enemies can sow thoughts. 
the world, the media, consult thoughts. And we have to guard in our minds. Uh, you know, uh, if you had a garden, uh, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to not only water the seed, good seed, and not only fertilize it or feed it and make sure it gets enough sunshine. You don't want it too much water. You don't want it too much sun. Every seed's a little different on on the variations and all that. But sometimes in the garden too, you have to protect it from weeds. And there's some other seeds that can try to take. There's only so many nutrients in that soil. The, the, the soil cannot produce a lot of weeds and the good seed at the same time. It can only, you know, there's only so many nutrients that can occupy that space. And so sometimes it's the battle of the weeds, you know. And so we have to, to guard our mind what's going to occupy it. To be, <coughs> the other verse you use here, to be naturally minded is, is death. It's not just a form of death. It doesn't just lead to death. To be naturally minded, to be carnally minded, is death. And we have to look at life from a kingdom perspective. We have to look at life from a spiritual perspective, not just a natural one. You know, uh, David, I mean, uh, Joseph was told through dreams that he was going to be a leader one day. And I'm just paraphrasing his story he told it to his brothers he told it to his father and maybe he shouldn't have done that because they kind of ridiculed some of those dreams but those dreams came to pass and you know um but and, and, you know uh aaron purdue i don't know if you know aaron purdue but he's lawson purdue's son we like lawson purdue he's one of our pastors and uh, he's from uh, Colorado Springs. He's a pastor. He he he's also teaches at the college with Andrew. But his son, he he's he's done a message a few times about, about dreaming. You know, dreaming is a good thing. Joel said these last days, uh, uh, young men, people would dream. I forget exactly how he says it. But young men will dream dreams, or old men will dream dreams. I forget exactly how he's. But we need to dream, and uh, you know, I know some people have uh, felt weird about that, especially because some of their dreams have been broken dreams. Some of their dreams never came to pass. Some of their dreams were actually nightmares, and they came to fulfill. But you know, I, I, you know, the way I take some of what Andrew's saying so far is, if you need heal, healing, and when I minister to people. Sometimes, and they have a certain sickness. I'll minister the word of God, and I'll minister, and I'll pray for them. But I'll also sometimes encourage them and coach them. You need to start seeing yourself well. You need to start seeing yourself walking again. You need to start seeing yourself without the wheelchair. You need to start seeing yourself being able to see, being able to hear, whatever the case may be. You need to start seeing yourself being successful in life and being successful in doing what God's called to do. You know, sometimes we need to dream big. <laughs> uh, and, you know, don't limit your dream. And, and you know, but at the same point in time, we need to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And we need uh, David Cho. David Cho, he's a pastor of, uh, I don't uh, have the, uh, the largest church in South Korea. I believe it was a Subway God church. But he grew up in a poor home. He actually grew up, I think, Buddhist or Hindu. <coughs> uh, 
I forget all of his story. But back in the day when he first, before he started his ministry that he started now, he began to get the word of God. He began to uh, see how God answers prayer. And at, there was one point in his life where he needed he needed a bicycle, he needed a chair, and he needed a desk. And the Holy, when he was praying, the Holy Spirit told him to, to pray specifically. What kind of desk do you want? What kind of bicycle do you want? What kind of chair do you want? <coughs> and what he used to do, he used to get the, the, the picture of that bicycle, exactly it was, the, the make and the model, uh, you know, back in the day, his chair and his desk. And he used to vision that chair, he used to vision that desk, and he used to vision what it would, what it would be like and what it would feel like. And then he, he, it'd be almost like him in the catalog store or, or uh, online in Amazon or, or a gun store. Like, I'll take that one. And he would just match himself with the Holy Spirit, which we've been teaching on Sunday mornings, him being our best friend, and just saying, Holy Spirit, I want that one. Just so like that. And he, and, once he, and he said, when he prayed it that way, he just he prayed, he believed he was going to have it, he saw himself being pregnant with this desk and with this chair and with this, this uh, bicycle. And when he said that, people didn't understand that. They were looking for him to, you know, be, you know, be pregnant. He wasn't talking about being pregnant physically, like a, a mother would be with child. He was talking about him being pregnant spiritually with the things that he prayed for. And lo and behold, it wasn't too long, he got the exact chair, the exact desk, the exact bicycle that he needed. And there were some other things that he prayed, uh, some of them were regarding finances and whatnot too. But my point is, you might not have to do exactly how David Cho did. I'm not. My point is, you can start seeing yourselves the way God sees you. Well, how does God see you? Well, that's where you need to start spending some time with God so you can see how he sees you, that you're blessed and you're not cursed. You're, you're blessed going in and blessed, blessed going out. You are the lender of many and the power of none. You are the head and not the tail and above and not beneath. You are his child. You are... <coughs> it says in First John 3, 1, Behold, what man and love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Behold that. You know what the word behold means? See with the mind. That's what the word behold in the Greek means. See with the mind. See how God sees you. And, and that needs to be the picture you see in your mind. Stop looking at the natural only. Stop looking at the problem. Start looking at the solution. And let that paint the picture in your mind. We used to... Um, before we had homes, we used to picture what our home would look like. <laughs> uh, one of these houses that we we were picturing had a red door. We still haven't had that red door yet, but but we have pictured what the house would look like and different things that we wanted in it. Uh, the last house, not this house, but the last house, uh, there were certain things that were on our our wish list: a uh, dishwasher, a large kitchen, a nice shady backyard for the pets. Uh, there were some other things, a AC, uh, you know, we prayed for those things. We didn't even have that much of a list for this house. Uh, we had a few things on the list. Um, and so, um, well, if we didn't, if we didn't, you have not because you asked not, you know. And so uh, we didn't, we didn't pray those things, so we didn't get some of the things. We got most of those things here. We didn't get the AC, uh, but we didn't pray for that, you know. And we're kind of, we're kind of. we got weather where we don't need it. 
Yeah, there was probably only two days this last year where we actually uh, maybe would have turned it on. But even if we had it, for the most part here, we would never turn it on. We've actually turned our heater on more than we've turned on our AC uh, anyhow. So anyway, it just... Uh, um, but there's something about seeing it with the mind. I'm not talking about playing mind games. I'm not saying talking about using voodoo type stuff. I'm just starting to see what God says. You know, when I'm praying, uh, I'm just start, I'm starting to I'm pick myself. What uh, I, you know, if I have a, if I had a sickness, I start seeing myself well. I need personally. Let's put the uh, focus on me. I need to see myself without my hearing aids. I need to see myself healed. I need to see that. And, uh, and, 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 and uh, you know, that's the way I need to start thinking. And that's the way I need to start uh, 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 focusing on. And, you know, we're not talking about a spiritual formula, like a math formula or equation. You know, be, I've run into so many people who want to know, well, how did this person do it? How did this person do it? Because I want to follow their steps a b c and d to to get whatever they got because that's what i want that's not what we're saying you know dave did have the example of david cho but he's not saying do everything like david cho did what dave is saying and what what david cho are talking about is we're talking about faith we're talking about believing you know dave did address it needs to be what we believe we need to be in God's word and believe God's word. And, you know, Dave and I, um, I forget how many years ago now, I never can get the dates right, but we had gone through a season of not having jobs for like five years. And a lot of people commended us for our good attitudes during that season. Not saying we didn't have bad days. We both had discouraging days. But for, for five years, we were applying for any job that we knew we could do. Even some jobs we knew that we weren't trained enough for, but we just wanted jobs. And we sought the Lord and sought the Lord and sought the Lord. And we knew two things. One, do what we're supposed to be doing, which was applying for jobs and to keep job seeking. But two, which was actually should be number one, it was in our hearts, was trusting God. God can get us out of this funk. God can bring the right jobs to us. And he did. You know, uh, I, 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 I'm going to keep the testimonies down because we, we need to, to keep going with the study. But um, I had been a caregiver for years and I was applying at agencies um, and it turned out the agency that finally did hire me, um, my application had went in their trash folder of their email. So they didn't see it for the longest time. So it wasn't that I didn't have a job because they really wanted to hire me when they saw my credentials, but they just, they didn't know I had applied. And, um, a second job I had gotten wasn't because I applied for it. It was... A friend of a friend who worked with my sister happened to let my sister know that their friend needed someone in their computer office and my sister knew I needed a job so it it kind of was two people getting me a job that I wasn't even involved in the process it was just hey here you go here's my friend's name number you call 
got an interview right away, got hired right away. I mean, it was just, it, it was a God thing. And I'm not a computer person. Dave had had experience where uh, we had signed up for Bible college even without jobs. I think I had just started working, but we signed up in faith for Bible college because we both had that desire. And Dave had dropped me off uh, at one of my shifts and God told him, go to, to Toys R Us. And Dave's like, God, why am I going to Toys R Us? We don't have money. I don't have any desire to go. But because the Holy Spirit prompted him, he went there. And as soon as he stepped inside the store, the manager who had worked with him previously, like I've years ago previously, recognized him and struck up a conversation and asked where he was working, found out Dave didn't have a job, and basically Dave was hired all because of the prompting of the Holy Spirit's leading. And yet in that time frame, we knew the two things, trust God and look for work. And we didn't stop either of those things. And we had a good attitude for the most part uh, because we trusted God in it. And it wasn't like there was a formula of how we did it. We just knew God was going to come through for us. And all the different testimonies that Dave and I have heard, whether it be Andrew, whether it be people with healing testimonies or financial testimonies, their testimony basically boils down to this. Trust God. God's word says, I am healed. You know, uh, we've referred to Mike Hesh's testimony for healing because uh, it both resonated in both of us when we when we heard him. But he had a... a, a uh, tumor that was on his chest getting bigger and bigger and getting gross and and it was a physical like you didn't just he didn't just feel it he saw this thing growing and yet his testimony is basically boils down to he knew that Jesus healed Jesus went to the cross already paid for it so he stood on God's word and said it doesn't matter what other people say doesn't matter what people are saying like it must be sin in my life or this that or the other thing he knew one thing that God's word says that he was healed and by golly that 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 tumor's gone he's out ministering the word uh, so I encourage you when you can to to find his testimony and and listen to it but all of these testimonies I've heard boil down to people got a word from God, a revelation knowledge of what God's word says about their circumstances, and they trusted in what that seed that was planted on the inside came out and had fruit on the outside. And that seed began to change their mind. They began to focus on that seed. They began to focus on that image, not the problem. Not the, not the situation. Well, let's keep reading because uh, we barely ma made a dent. So let's, uh, uh, the next section is, what have you planted? And let's read. Uh, uh, these sections are very really small in this, in this book. So let's read a few. Okay. So. People typically respond to tough circumstances and situations by blaming someone or something else. It's the color of my skin. It's my family background. I was disadvantaged. They'll blame anybody. This person mistreated me. It's my employer who's the jerk, not me. It's always somebody else's fault. However, the word makes it clear that your experience, 
your surroundings, everything about you is basically a result of the way you think. As you think in your heart, that's the way it is. When you think spiritually minded thoughts, you get life and peace. When you don't, you get death. Romans 8, 6. You may not like that. You might be saying, no, that's not true, but it is. If I came over to your house to see your garden, I wouldn't have had to be with you in the beginning when you sowed the seeds to know what you've planted. All I've had to do is observe the plants that are growing up. If you have corn growing there, you planted corn. If there are peas, you sowed peas. You may claim that someone else came in and planted something in the garden you did not attend. However, ultimately, it's your responsibility to guard and protect your garden. Whatever is growing there is what you've planted or what you've allowed to be planted there. Just as this is true in the natural realm, it's true in the spiritual realm. Whatever is growing in the garden of your life is what you've planted or allowed to be planted in your heart. Before you can really see change, you must quit using excuses and blaming anybody and everybody else for what is wrong in your life. You have to stop, say, you have to stop saying, it's just fate or bad luck or nothing ever works for me. Scripture reveals that as you think in your heart, that's the way you're going to be. Proverbs 23, 7. If you think spiritually minded, your thoughts will produce life and peace. Romans 8, 6. I'm going to pause right there. I know I told you to read more sections, so maybe we'll do that the next step. But, uh, um, you know, this whole planting your seed, planting your garden. Again, this whole idea of these thoughts being a seed, uh, guarding them your mind, uh, and all in all context of uh, effortless change. And I think we're going to see this 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 concept that we're talking about, this analogy throughout this book. But you know, uh, Barry Bennett, he's actually one of our teachers also at the college, um, and he he was teaching his class one time, teaching us. I forget which class it was. That's not relevant to what I want to say. He says, you know, you need to bless your fields. And he says, he, he was talking to the student body. He said, you know, he, he from time to time, he would hear someone saying, I hate my job. I hate my job. You know, and maybe they don't like that job. Maybe they don't like that business or that vocation or whatever. And that might very well be. Because, you know, the more you do that, the more you have that type. And usually if you hate your job, you really don't have a pretty good attitude when you're at that job. And you're probably speaking negative about that job everywhere you are. He says, you're actually cursing your field. You might not like that job, but that's your field right now. <laughs> and that's your that's your source of income from a natural standpoint. You need to While you're there, you need to bless that field. You need to bless that boss. You need to bless that manager. You need to bless the customers. You need to bless your field. Because you're cutting off your own hand when you do that. Bless your field. Uh, you know, as a man, I uh, think it's so easy, but also he says, with, our, with our, the same mouth, we can bless and we can curse. We, we, and so, bless your field. You might not like the situation you are in. Maybe you don't like the home. Maybe you're in a, a living situation. You don't like your... Bless that living situation. Or get out, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, there are certain things about our situation. You know, I don't like the way our country is. But we, God bless America. I want to bless this country. The, Paul says we're supposed to pray for our leaders. 
There were some wicked leaders in Paul's day. There were some wicked leaders in Joseph's day. There were some wicked leaders in Daniel's day. But they blessed them. And God used them. There were some pharaohs that were wicked. I mean, Daniel's was, uh, his ministry was in three different kingdoms. He started, I mean, he originally he was a Jew, got a captive of the Babylonians, and then was taken over by the Persians, you know. Um, but he got, he was able to minister to Nebuchadnezzar. He was able to minister to, to Belshazzar, uh, I think it was his name. You know, he was able to minister to different leaders, uh, you know, and they were wicked kings. They were wicked, wicked men. And yet, he blessed them, you know. Uh, he wasn't condoning their, their leadership. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't bow down before the, you know, whatnot. They were thrown into the fiery furnace because they, they disobeyed the command. But, but, but they still, they, they didn't obey, but they disobeyed respectfully, <laughs> if I can put it that way. You know, they, they weren't mean. They weren't sassy. They weren't revolting. They didn't call fire down from heaven or anything like that. They just were not going to bow down either. <coughs> it cost their lives. And yet, their testimony was, uh, after they came out of the fire furnace, Nebuchadnezzar made a decree that their God is our God now. And so, uh, you know, it had an awesome testimony. Bless your field. What's, you know, if you don't like corn, stop planting corn. If you don't want discord in your home, stop planting it yourself. Uh, you know, what are you planting? Understand, you can't control what's in someone else's field. And I, you can't control what's in, you know, but you can control how you're going to take care of your field. Bless it. Bless. And he says in Psalm 90, verse 17, that the beauty of the Lord our God is upon us, and he will bless the work of our hands for us. Yes, he will bless the work of our hands. And, uh, and so, um, you know, it's his, it's God's beauty that blesses the work of your hands. Not his, not ugliness. You know, there's a lot of critical people out there. Have you ever worked with, you ever been, either live or associated or work with critical people? They are just a nag. The, the, the book of Proverbs talks about it multiple times, how a nag is just like a dripping faucet. And so, uh, and, and I know I'm not trying to be mean, but no one likes being around a nag. No one likes being around someone who's critical. But there's, <coughs> there's been a few people in my life that they are just happy. They're just a pleasant to be around. I'm not saying they like everything that's going on, but they sure have a good attitude about it. Be a blessing, you know. Uh, you know. What's one way I can, if I had an employer, right now I'm pretty much working for myself, but if I had an employer, what's, what, if I was an employer, what do I want my employees to do? One, I want them to work. I want them to show up when they said they're going to show up. I want them to be dependable. I want to be able to trust them. I want them to be, uh, get along with the other employees. I want, ultimately, I want them to bring me money and bring me income. Or depend on the nature of the job. <coughs> you know, uh, let your, if you have a department, let your department be the best department. Look at, again, look at Daniel, look at Joseph. I mean, Joseph was such a success. He, he, even when he was in jail, he was the best jailer. 
I mean, they probably would. He got down in the jail hall, hall of fame. I mean, his plaque probably was on, on the wall because he was such. <coughs> he was such a good prisoner. He wasn't even supposed to be there, and yet he had a good attitude about it. And he blessed. He blessed that jail. He blessed the jailer. I mean, uh, he wasn't supposed to be there. He was wrong. You know, there's all this, my rights, my rights, my rights. And I know there's a place for that. There's a Bill of Rights. And they're being violated right now in our country. But at the same point in time, get off your high wagon and start uh, serving. We're to be the servant of all. The greatest in God's kingdom is a servant of all. You know, st the world does not revolve around you. And I'm not saying that we don't need to get involved and, and see some change happen. There's a place for that. The scripture is very clear about that. At the same point in time, don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. And part of that is being a blessing. Part of that is speaking life. Bless your boss. You know how many bosses I, I was able to lead, to lead to the Lord or at least have a good conversation? You know, I didn't, I didn't preach, preach at them. I didn't ridicule them. But I've had several bosses through the years come to me, Dave, why are you different? I'm so glad you asked because they just gave me an open door to, to, to minister. I didn't speak hours and hours, but I would just say, I'm different because I'm a Christian. I'm different because Christ is real in my life. I'm different because of when I... I didn't give him a long theological sermon. I just gave him a nugget. But I didn't, never would have had that open door to speak in their lives like that if I hadn't been a good employee. It just, uh, you know, they're just asked, why are you different? Why do you have a positive attitude? One, I had one boss that said, you're like the Midas touch. No matter what you touch, it turns into gold. You know, I put you in this department, sales go up 200%. I put you in this department, sales go up 200%. No matter where I put you, uh, you know, uh, you, you're like you can do wrong, no wrong. In some of those departments, I'll be honest, I didn't want, want to be there. In some ways, I felt like I was being treated like scum, you know. But I just did what I was supposed to do. And kept my head down, worshiping God along the way. <coughs> and, you know, it just, it, my ultimate goal was to bring in income. My ultimate goal was to bring glory to God. My ultimate goal was to be a blessing where I'm at, you know, and, uh, and, and God was able to do that. I didn't always like how I was treated. I didn't always like the jobs. I didn't always like everything I was doing. But, you know, bless the field. And I, at the same point in time, I've been on the other side of fence too, where I've cursed my fields. I've spoken negative about my job. I've spoken negative about my employers. And then, you know, and it's, when I do that and when I live that way, the attitude, it's like I'm working in a place with a bunch of weeds. And some of those weeds I planted myself, you know, and that's my fault. I even had a job before I went to full-time ministry. I did not like that job. There's a lot of reasons I didn't like it. My friend hired me, and I liked my friend. Um, but I didn't like the job for multiple reasons. But if I didn't do that job, I wouldn't be where I'm at today uh, in ministry. Because that job got me through Bible college. That job got me to where I'm at today. And, uh, you know, I, and I tried to keep my head high. Uh, and Sherry will tell all the time how I was positive about it. But I was grumbling on the inside <laughs> at times, you know. And uh, at least on the way, you know, whatnot. I, and I had tried to keep that to the minimum, but there's times where I was like, Lord, I'm done here. I, you know, and then even, I even had a board member tell me, it's time for you to quit. And I, God wasn't telling me that yet. 
No disrespect to that board member. The guy wasn't telling me that yet. And we were on the same page yet. But the guy did tell me to get ready. And uh, actually, it was uh, eight months later, actually, ten months later, I finally did quit. Uh, uh, he said, he finally told me you're going to go tell your, tell your employer that you're going to work only four days a week instead of five. Uh, well, that's not quite quitting yet. That's one less day. Um, but then in a few weeks, he told me, now you're going to sell them, you know, I got to work three days a week. I go, okay, we're getting closer, <laughs> you know. And finally it was down, I didn't know it was going to go this direction. God didn't tell me ahead of time. Then I want you to tell me you got two days left, two days a week. You know, finally it was down to one. And finally it was like, okay, this is my last day. I didn't know that was going to be the, the plan, and that was over a 10-month period. But, you know, um, uh, I was able to train. No one knew how to do my job. I was able to train a new person, and I left I left my employer with uh, uh, someone who could do the job. Uh, and so uh, I, I felt like I left it better better than I, when I started it. I was trying to be a blessing, you know. And so, you know, really when we work, we work for the Lord. Yeah, uh, in a sense we might be working for such and such employer. But we work for the Lord. You know, I worked at Ashley Furniture just for a few months. I I didn't like it too well. But I remember one time uh, we were doing a sale, and the customer was trying to negotiate. And uh, and uh, finally the manager can only skim as much of the price off as he could. And he says, I'm sorry, my name's not on the storefront. It's still Ashley Furniture. Uh, it's not, I forget his name, but it's not my store. I can only take so much off. And so... Until my name is on the storefront, I, I can only do what I can do. I, you know, and I, you know, I work for the Lord. I work for a certain such a boss. I'm here to bless them. I'm here, here to bless their name. I'm here to bless their business and their establishment. But you know, when we work for the Lord, we're going to be blessed. Because God can take your little pay that you get from McDonald's or wherever it might be, and he can multiply it when he's your source, when you have that mindset. God is, can, my God can meet my needs. But uh, but it's a, it starts with an attitude. What seed are you planting? You know, you might not like your job. I understand that. I've been there. But you can like the Lord. And you can speak positive. You can speak life into that business. And while you're there, like Joseph, like Daniel, that business can blossom. God can promote you. God can also demote you, <laughs> you know. If you know, uh, there's some people who need to be demoted because they are just a bad apple in the bunch, and they're, they're you know, there's some people that wonder why there's so much. Uh, and Andrew has said this many times, with uh, where once I forget this one testimony, where he says this one person came to him, they're like, there's so much tension in this place, and he basically told them, there's so much tension in this place because you brought it. <laughs> he says. Uh, and uh, the only the only person there was no tension in this place till you arrived, and every time you arrived, there's tension. And the comedy nominator here is you. And he didn't say this to be mean to the person, but he's just being flat out honest. And uh, the person who needed the change in the whole bunch was that person. And 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 uh, it was a shocker, but I I think that if I remember right, the guy got it. The person got the message. He didn't know how to change, but he he finally got the message. He needed to change. Is that attitude? You know, you can make a situation ten times as worse because of your attitude. You can also make a, a situation ten times better because of a good attitude. Your attitude can can make or break today. And uh, and I'm not saying the circumstances don't need to change, but your attitude you can't change. You can start with your attitude. 
and, and, ha and having a positive attitude. Uh, you know, once in a while, one of us are having a, a decent day, and the other one comes home or uh, gets up uh, because they're having a bad day, or they woke up on the wrong side of bed, or just tired, and they're cranky. And the other one would just say, you know, I'm having a good day, don't ruin it. <laughs> you know, type of thing. But at the same point in time, you know, uh, and I'm not trying to be, be picky or mean towards that. I'm just like, you know, attitude. What seed are you planting? If you don't want corn, stop planting corn. You know, uh, plant what you want to eat. Every once in a while we plant a garden. I tell Sherry, plant what you want. Because if you're not going to eat it, why, why are we going to plant it? <laughs> but... If you're going to uh, eat it, then let's plant it. You, you know, I know Dave shared a lot about the testimonies, like with our jobs and, and, and blessing our field, so to speak, of our jobs. And I'm just going to point the finger at me. Um, because I had been a caregiver for so long, um, my my boss really liked me. And so I would be put almost in any with any client because of my experience and patience and attitude <laughs> I can't say attitude just yet because of where I'm going but they would put me on a lot of uh, clients and a lot of times they didn't want to move me because they didn't have anyone else who could handle it and um, I ended up getting a client that I had for quite a while, and I w would grumble. Anytime I came home, I would grumble, grumble, grumble. I just didn't like being there. I just, I mean, I, I praise God for the patience of the Holy Spirit in me to be able to uh, be gracious to the client and help them. I just didn't like it. I didn't feel like I was a, a, a fit, and I just, I just didn't like it. And... Uh, Dave helped me so much by one being a listening ear, but two by basically giving me good counsel on blessing that field. And I started changing with God's help, obviously only with God's help. I started changing my attitude towards uh, that client, that th those shifts, and <coughs> started just in my mind just blessing them, blessing my day, blessing that shift, blessing that client. And, you know, it, it wasn't long before uh, I was able to have favor with my boss to get out of that client and to get, be put on actually several clients that were just fantastic. And I really feel that if my attitude hadn't changed, that I would, I would have still been with them. But because I was able to change my thought process, change my attitude, and trust the Lord in this, I, I, I was able to bless my field and in return get blessed with different fields, so to speak, of, of different clients. And um, I really highly, highly uh, just recommend blessing your field. You know, we've... We've known uh, a, a couple different people, some of them who've had a lot of bad stuff happen in their life. You know, we really feel for them. But their record they kept playing was, poor me. This happened to me. This happened to me. This, you know, this happened when I was a kid. This happened, and this happened, and this happened. It's all bad, and my life will never change. It's always bad stuff happening to me. 
and they just had a broken record of that's the, what they believed, that's what they talked about, that's what they wanted to share every time we were with them. And uh, they couldn't get out of this, this bad cycle. Uh, but on the other hand, we had, have had friends who have only spoken positive about their jobs. They, they hardly ever complained. And instead, they spoke life into the situation. They might come to us or someone else for prayer, but they always saw the good in the other person. They always saw the good in the field and they blessed it. And God always came through to, for them, always made a way in the desert, so to speak. And see, there's, there's, there's that two different uh, types that we're using as examples. So we encourage you, you know, this effortless change. You know, when, when we went to uh, Bible college, we were getting God's word just downloaded. God's word, God's word, God's word. And we weren't trying to do anything but just soak and receive God's word. And yet, all of a sudden, we were happier. We had more joy. Things were were clicking into place in our lives as far as jobs and home and different things. Not because we were striving for it, but because we just, we put one thing first, and that was Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Are we on time? Uh, we're basically Ooh. out of time. <laughs> So yeah, well we're we didn't get very far, and we've uh, I don't know how you're liking this book so far. We'll get into this uh, more detail hopefully as we go forward. But uh, I just thought these were just some good discussions so far, uh, and so we're not in a race with these books. At the same point in time, we do want to keep going forward so we can teach about other things too. But anyway, we'll just go as the Holy Spirit leads us. But effortless change it starts with the mind. It starts within, and. We haven't got to the, the heart of the matter yet, but it just these are very some powerful nuggets. Your attitude has a lot to do with it. I don't like a lot going, that's going on in our country, in our world right now. I disagree with most of it, but we need to have an, a God attitude about it. And, uh, and so uh, we can't be so dismayed that we are... We are dysfunctional. We're, we're not like, like the body of Christ. You know, a lot happened. I mean... Uh, I just think of again of Daniel and Joseph. I mean, they, especially Daniel. Uh, I mean, look at the country that uh, Israel went to exile because of, of different things, and yet uh, Daniel, Daniel wasn't sinning, and yet he went into exile because of part of the uh, the punishment, and uh, yet he had a good attitude about it. I'm not sure. I would imagine he had his own bad days, and and he didn't. I'm sure he didn't like it. Uh, they didn't know what was going to happen. No one wants to be a prisoner of war. Um, but at the same point in time, uh, no one wants to be a prisoner. Period. Uh, but at the same point in time, he was basically a prisoner, and so. Uh, but he trusted God, and God exalted him. And uh, same thing with Joseph. What he, I believe they, a lot of it had to do with their attitude. They trusted God. And uh, God was their God. You, yeah. you know, it reminds me, Dave usually brings out this example. But um, in World War II, during the, the, the Holocaust and everything, um, Dave brings out a, a lady named Corrie Ten Boom who actually made it alive out of the concentration camps. And 
one of the, the things that we appreciate about her, even though she went through horrible, horrible stuff in this, she lost family members. I believe her sister was killed in the, in the concentration camp. Um, but she, she is known for saying this, you can do all sorts of things to me, but you can't make me hate. She had a good attitude and God brought her out and not just brought her out and, you know, she's was alive, brought out, but her added her, um, she didn't have any bitterness. She didn't have, uh, a lot of things, uh, the, the hardness of heart and the bitterness that people go through when they've been through something traumatic, um, she had a soft heart for the Lord and loved the people that, that did wrong to her, uh, even though they didn't deserve it. And it all goes down to that, that attitude and that effortless change when you put your hope and your trust in the Lord. All right, well, we're out of time. We'll pick this up next week on Everless Change. And then uh, we have our Bible study on Wednesday night on the New Year and the Holy Spirit. And uh, we'll be talking about the Holy Spirit again this week. That's at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. And then we have our teaching on Sunday morning at 11.15 a.m. on knowing the Holy Spirit. So let me pray us out. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. Lord, uh, Lord, there's a lot of changes in our life, different seasons of our life. There's a lot of changes going right now in our world. Lord, help us to process these changes with a godlike attitude. And Lord, uh, we worship you. We magnify you. We pray for our country right now. We do pray for justice. We do pray, Lord, uh, that justice would be uh, prevail. We thank you, Lord, for exposing the darkness. <coughs> and uh, bringing into ju- justice those who are been traitors and uh, treasoners, I don't know if that's the right word, of this country. And we thank you, Lord, that we trust you. You are our king. You are our God. You are our deliverer. You are our savior. Those who are losing jobs, those who have been ill, we proclaim your healing and your wholeness over their bodies and over their lives and over their finances in the name of Jesus. Lord, we worship you. We know that you, no matter what has happened, is happening, you are on the throne. You are our king and you are our God and we magnify you. In Jesus' name we give you thanks. Amen, amen. God bless you. All right, we'll see you Wednesday at 7 o'clock.